0: Welcome to the Kickpod, your weekly DNM on the stuff that matters. One, two, three, four. Hello, Lawsy. Hello. How are you going? Over I'm there. Going good. In the distance. Yes,
1: we are definitely practicing social distancing. It's weird not hugging you when I see you. It is. Mm. We're about
0: three metres apart. We are. <laughs> Playing it safe, you know, it's a, it's a very funny time, um, obviously a very sensitive time. It's a, a time that I think that we never imagined we would go through in our lifetime, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. probably one that we will always remember and tell our grandkids about. Um, obviously, we're only at the beginning of it, so very inter- interested to know where this goes. But anyway, we're not here to talk about coronavirus. No, let and m- move on from And that. this was recorded <laughs> quite a few days ago, yes. so
1: at the time that this is recorded now we will be recording our podcast through phone only to yeah. be super safe yeah. um just so you guys know
0: yeah so let's start with our special shares laws what's yours yes yeah,
1: so mine um it's actually something i shared on my instagram this week it was a beautiful message that we received from one of um our community members during during the week after one of our live workout sessions and she said i just thought it was so beautiful so i just wanted to read it out I just wanted to thank y'all all all the way from Colorado for what you're doing. My whole family just did your live stream workout. My dad has Parkinson's, meaning he's at a high risk. He can't go to the gym and working out is his only means of keeping his symptoms at bay. Today, we were all able to work out through your live and had a blast. You've made a personal difference in my family's life by doing this. And I just can't thank you enough for your light and love and encouragement during this season. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Oh, I loved it. When you read that out to us, I think we all had a bit of a tear in our eye. It's so beautiful getting that kind of feedback, mm. um, especially this time. I also want to make a note how adorable it was you saying y'all. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> I was like waiting for you to be like Doesn't Colorado. does to me yet, does it? <laughs> <laughs> and that was beautiful. Did I say it with an accent? No, but it's like almost because you almost have to. You yeah. can't say y'all Australian. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> how I- well yeah, thank you um <laughs> thank you to the lovely uh, person who did send that in and thank you for letting lawsy share it um so my special share this week is a book and a not really a quote a book and, and a post. So Vex King, an author, he has a book called Good Vibes, Good Life, which I absolutely love um, and highly recommend. And he, I also followed him on Instagram ever since I read his book. And he often posts really inspirational um, quotes. And when all of this outbreak started, he obviously when we're all going into social isolation and distancing ourselves from others, he put up a post that I really liked it said do not distance yourself from self-care inner healing faith and hope self-development activities that spark joy love laughter and kindness empowering conversations art books music and creativity and I just like that it's just kind of a reminder that whilst we are sort of out of the norm at the moment and things are very different for us all. And we're distancing ourselves from so many because we have to. Um, That doesn't mean that it it all has to be a negative. We can do things that we do love and yeah, try and try your hardest. I know it's harder for some than it is for others, obviously, but where you can keep your chin up and, and do things for you.
1: I love that. Thank you for sharing. That's beautiful. Thanks. And we also have some really exciting news that yeah. we wanted to share with you before we get into
0: today's podcast chat. So this week, last well, week, today, Wednesday, today's today. so today you might've either joined us already, depending on when you're listening to this podcast or it's past, but 7am Wednesday morning, <laughs> it's really hard to know when you're going to listen to this, um, 7am today, um, we had another wa- live workout, um, on our Facebook and Instagram page, and we have got another one coming up this Friday. But, Laws, how about you talk about the newest feature, which we didn't have last week?
1: Yes. Yeah. So we have launched and it's actually, it's funny. It's something that we've been wanting to do for a long time. And um, this is just, I suppose, something that accelerated us mm. in doing it because we wanted to make it easy for you all to work out at home and stay active. Um, and so what we've done in the Keep It Cleaner app, we've got our wellness hub, which has got Pilates, yoga and meditations that you can do at any time. But we've added another section in there, which is... Equipment-free workouts. So there is a load of hit and boxing workouts in there. They're 20 minutes long. Steph, myself, and our awesome PT, Danny, do the full workout with you, um, so you can go in and and choose them at any time. And I think. I know it can be really hard working out at home by yourself, especially if you're used to, you know, maybe working out in a gym and it's hard to be motivated to work out at the best of times, like oh, let alone when you're at home by yourself. So we hope with our workouts that you can, it can be helpful for you guys because we, we're there the whole time so it mm. kind of doesn't feel like you're alone because we're there with you. Um, you can also Chromecast the workouts yeah. onto your TV if you want to make them a little bit bigger, do them through yeah, your screen laptop. screen mirroring, there's yeah. all
0: sorts of ways now. Um, So, yeah, we really hope that you guys uh, who are on the app are enjoying that new section of Mm. the app. Um, And now for today's podcast, we have a very special guest, our very own Michelle Battersby. Uh, So we have actually had Michelle on before. We had her on last year, actually quite early on, the fifth episode we Mm. ever did. And um, that one was called uh, Turning a Job into a Career. So if you want to go back and hear that one, that's before she was working with us when she was still at Bumble. And she spoke a lot about kind of where she started in her career and um, a bit more about her background and, and growing up and everything.
1: Yeah. And then today, um, today's chat is awesome. We really hope you enjoy it. We spoke a lot about, obviously Michelle has gone through a really big transition going from um, Bumble to Kick, um, which, you know, is also super exciting. But I think for Michelle, and I think it's something that we all think about is how do you know when it is the right time Mm. to make it such a big change in your life? Mm. Um, And so Michelle speaks about... I suppose career growth mm. um trusting yourself and mm. your gut instinct instinct and just sticking to your guns and how she knew it was the right decision and then also how that kind of translates into other things that she does in her working life.
0: Yeah, we hope you guys enjoy it. <laughs> Well, hello, Mish. Hello. Hello. Thank you for joining us in Laura's gorgeous spare room. (laughs) Yeah, this is an experience.
2: (laughs) This is great bonding for us.
0: (laughs) So, um, Mish, we want to start with, I think, the initial leap from Bumble to Kick. So you spoke in the last podcast a little bit about working at Bumble and um, obviously you've joined our team now. and We love having you as part of the team. But what made you take that leap?
2: I feel like that is a million-dollar question. (laughs) Everyone's like, so why did you do that? (laughs) Um, I think for me it definitely all comes down to continuing to want to challenge myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that regardless of what you're doing, what your role is, Um, or what you feel you've achieved or want to achieve. You need to always be looking out for new challenges Mm -hmm. um, if you're that kind of person, and I definitely am. So I felt like I'd reached a point at Bumble where I had done what I had set out to do. Like Mm -hmm. Bumble came to me as a bit of a gamble. No one knew what it was. And from the start it was just about seeing if this thing could work, um, and it worked. Mm -hmm. And that was an amazing thing to have accomplished. And then I I got so many opportunities at Bumble, it really changed my life. And I did a few different roles there. But I did feel like no matter how many different roles I did or Mm -hmm. how many times I could get promoted, essentially I was doing the same stuff Mm -hmm. day to day, um, working on the same kinds of things. And I didn't feel like I could do much more whilst I loved it and Mm -hmm. loved the people I worked with from a personal perspective, the skills that I was going to continue to develop, I didn't know how much more yeah. skills there were for me. If like you to get. weren't
0: feeling as challenged, I suppose, as you were at the start.
2: Yeah. It was just, um, I was becoming a bit complacent, mm-hmm. I think. Um, so it was like breaking up with someone whilst you still loved them. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's how it felt. And I think with Kit coming along, um, the timing just felt... Really right. Um, and like I could leave Bumble on this massive high. And I think that in the past, I've been really young and a bit reckless in how I've left companies. Um, and I've left them just feeling over it mm-hmm. um, and, like, you've just had it up to here and you just want out and you want, like, the feelings to end. Yeah. So you make these rash decisions and you just resign or you take, like, the first thing that comes your way. Um, but I felt like with Kick, the timing was just perfect for me um, and I could leave, yeah, on a high, on really good terms, um, setting my team up for success whilst I left and just – look back on it with fond memories but go to something that would provide me with new learning opportunities Mm -hmm. Um, and one of those was definitely being in HQ so at the headquarters of an organization Mm -hmm. one of the things that I could never really do whilst at Bumble was work on things that would influence the product or I was definitely involved in senior leadership Discussions, but it is very different when your headquarters are over in Texas and you're in Australia and mm. you do miss out on being involved in certain things. So I was very keen to work for a company where I could be at its headquarters and you can make, um, you know, really top line like leadership mm. decisions, um, which we're obviously doing at the moment, which is great, <laughs> um, and developing the product more closely and, yeah. Yeah, just, so
0: that kind of appealed to you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And also, obviously, it's like both of you had already done what my role at Bumble was, you know, proving that this concept would work and Mm. that people would love it. You've both already done that. So it was this opportunity to come in and get to experience like all of the growth Mm. and, you know, potential new excitement again. Mm. And I just loved that feeling at Bumble. It's like, the early Being hustle. addicted to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like you're addicted to the initial excitement and the rapid growth. Mm. It's just such a unique feeling.
1: And we wanted to make sure that we spoke about the fact that it's actually really hard, mm. even if you're excited about an opportunity, it's actually really hard to move from a workplace where you're super comfortable, mm. um, you know everyone, you know everything, you know all the operations, and then you move to a new one and it's completely different. Mm. What, what's been the hardest part of the transition for you?
2: I definitely don't want people to assume it was easy. Mm. Change is always uncomfortable, hey? Yeah. And as both of you know, and I've never said this publicly, but we all are aware of it, (laughs) is I resigned from Bumble in July last Mm. year Mm. and we kept it very under wraps so I could continue to work on the exciting stuff Mm. we had going on. And also that allowed me a lot of transition time. Like mm. I, I think I had about five months before I then started at became, Keep It Cleaner. Mm. So I could really process what I was doing and really like come to terms with it and mentally prepare myself. In saying that, <laughs> nothing could mentally prepare. <laughs> yeah, it was still a really challenging transition. And exactly to your point, Laws, it's really hard when you go from being the leader in a place, which I was within Australia and I guess APAC at Bumble and I'd implemented Mm. essentially everything it was we were working on Mm. and I was so across every single element of the business to then going to something where you kind of have to be in that leadership position again but you've not implemented any of it. Mm. So you're learning what's been implemented and what the processes are and how things are done to date Mm. and how you put things in the app and all of those kinds yeah. of things. And you do feel like you take 800 steps backwards and that can be a really uncomfortable position because you feel like you're meant to have it all figured out mm. but no one else expects that of you other than yourself. Yeah, And I think it's just really important to remember that is those expectations you're really the only one putting them on yourself and everyone understands that you're new in an organisation. It'll always take you a bit of time to find your feet and to build relationships. Um, So I think it's just about giving yourself time to adjust and Mm -hmm. accepting that um, it may take a while. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, and I think it's like also being honest with it. Like you um, caught up with us a couple of months after, you know, starting and once you'd kind of warmed up and got to know everyone and were open to us about how it was quite challenging for you and the change was very different. And I think for us um, we really appreciated when you opened up and were honest about it and I think it's just okay to show people that if you're in a new position um, that it might not be so easy, you know?
2: Yeah, it's always um – it's always going to be challenging starting a new role, mm. but I did – it was also challenging for me because I was doing it publicly.
0: Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. So
2: the first time I took a big leap of faith with Bumble, no one knew who I was or gave a shit about what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> so I could fail privately and if it didn't work, I was just going to go back to my job in banking and just settle back in at my desk and just live my life and at least I gave it a try And whatever if it Mm. didn't work you know but this time i was taking the risk publicly and people were aware of it and a lot of people who i didn't really want their opinions were willing to give me their opinions (laughs) about why i was doing this and Mm. and some people were were negative about it and some people were really positive about it um and that also put an added level of pressure on me because other people were judging my decision
0: yeah yeah like usually it might most of the pressure might come from the individual but for you it was kind of both
2: yes and then i saw this quote and it's amazing and it was um oh my god now i'm trying to remember it it's like if you love your decision you don't need anyone else to Mm. love it too Mm. those aren't the exact words but it's something along those lines And I think it's just about being so sure of why it is you've done what you've Mm -hmm. done and the thing for me is if everyone could identify the opportunity I think I could identify, then there'd be no jobs for me. (laughs) So (laughs) you've got to just be really sure of what it is that you're doing and why you're doing it Mm. and as we all know, there is just so much potential and opportunity with Keep It Cleaner and, like, A lot of people may see that, and for the people that can't, mm. well, they will see it. <laughs> yeah. I think
1: with judgment as well, something that I always feel is that when people offer their opinion and it's kind of just not constructive and it's unwarranted. I always think in my head like especially with moving roles like you're the one that's going to have to work hard or starting a new business like you're the only as the individual making the decision you're the one that's going to have to deal with it like Mm -hmm. obviously maybe your your close partner or whatever you have in your life you're going to talk to them about it but all those other people they are not going to be affected by your decision in any way whatsoever they don't have to work hard for it so if it's not constructive
0: what's the point yeah Yeah. so
1: I think so I I always think back to that and I think hang on why are you giving your opinion here you're not the one that's going to have to work (laughs) hard Hard. it's something yeah. to do with you and you kind of you can take it or leave it but I often will just leave it mm. yeah
2: and no one knows what you find challenging yeah you know so uh, people can look from the outside and obviously everything I was doing previously it was fantastic mm. and it was glorious and it was like successful mm. and I don't want to stop learning mm. so I think it just can all comes down to what your personal preferences different.
0: are so What about tips for people who have, like, so that's great for, like, preparation and everything. What about people who have already taken the plunge and maybe in that kind of struggling period of getting used to the change, was there anything that you did for yourself or any tips for them to kind of get through that um, kind of stage of uncomfortableness? It
2: honestly does feel a lot like a breakup. (laughs) (laughs) And I think you need to remember, you know, when you – I'll use the breakup analogy. When you break up with someone, sometimes once you're out of it, all you can remember about that person is the good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And you don't remember the reasons why you did what you did. So it's really important to remember that because Mm -hmm. you can just get lost in this little cloud that isn't really reality. Especially when you're feeling a bit challenged. Exactly. When you're challenged or maybe something doesn't come as naturally as you thought it would, you immediately start to second guess yourself. Like every every single person does that. I would honestly say it will take you at least six months to understand just the basics of whatever it is that you're walking into. Mm. But also I think it's really important to remember all the things that you've seen when you have initially walked in the door at a new organisation. I did start writing down notes of the things I picked up on straight away because I knew I was probably going to get lost Mm. in all of the learning and adjusting and I'd forget them Mm. and I think your first impression of something is really important Mm. so if you can't act on it within your first month write it down so you can come back to it but yeah I think you've just got to give give yourself time because yeah every transition is different Mm. and it also does depend what level you're walking into as well but definitely um Taking down your thoughts, remaining positive and networking is a big one. You Mm. have to build relationships in any organisation and you really have to uh, get allies, you Mm. know, whether they're above you or below you. You need people around you that you can work with Mm. to succeed and once you've got those allies, there'll also be so much more understanding of whatever your learning pace is because that's different for everyone. Yeah, I did not I think it's <laughs> like when we were all in school Everyone was saying the job that you're going to have In totally. five years doesn't exist Yeah, And it's so true And yeah. mine didn't Five years ago, I think Bumble's five So it's been in, my time there's been in <laughs> Um And same with Kick mm. Like it was not around mm. just five years ago And oh my god, I finished school 12 years ago I think Which is a very long time ago <laughs> so. I was, was ten, yeah Uh, it might even be longer I don't want to think about it it was a shot in the dark what I was going to do at uni it was literally the one degree I could get into which I spoke about in the other episode Mm. I then did the degree and it was super broad it was an arts degree but I actually think if you don't know what you want to do getting into a broad degree is Mm. the best thing you can do Mm -hmm. because it just gives you more time to try different things on the side picking up casual jobs or doing internships and and that's literally all it is Mm. it's keeping your brain ticking over mm. and buying yourself time. Mm. Uh, and that's exactly what it was for me. And then I thought I knew what I wanted to do at the end of uni. I ended up being there for five years and doing a master's degree. And I thought that the master's degree was me really nailing it in terms of what I wanted to do, which was working in HR in a bank and working my way up the corporate ladder at a bank. And I'd probably work there for 40 years. And that honestly is what I
0: yep. saw for myself. I set out for yourself.
2: And then I just hit a wall and started panicking, thinking, oh, no, I spent five years at uni and now I hate this. And I'd been working there for about four years. But again, I just did exactly what I did once I finished school and I just started trying other things Mm -hmm. to work out what I wanted to do. And I think the people that know what they want to do from the moment they're born or the moment their brains start functioning, you're really lucky (laughs) if you're that kind of a person. Um, Because I was never that. I didn't work out. I was passionate about marketing or about certain brands until the Bumble opportunity. Mm. I just seemed to know how to be able to do this. It came naturally for me. And that was my first moment where I could channel myself into the right thing for me. But it took all of that time going going through school, going through uni and Mm. four years in a corporate role before I worked out what my passion was. And I think that that could happen to you at any age and at any moment in your life. You just need to be open to opportunity and talk to people and try different things on the side if you can.
1: And now let's talk about kind of applying for jobs. And we've spoken a lot about how um, women are less confident and we are less inclined to apply for a job that we might not be 100% qualified for. What is your advice on that?
2: Yes, I think that if we all applied for the roles that we were qualified for, Probably none of us would be (laughs) where we are. Well, yeah, I would not be. Absolutely not. (laughs) If there was country lead for Bumble advertised in Seek when I was an HR generalist in a bank, there's absolutely no way in hell I would have (laughs) applied for that. And even whilst at Bumble, if Chief Marketing Officer at Keep It Cleaner was advertised, I'd probably think... Well, actually, I lie. I would have applied for it. (laughs) (laughs) You'd grown that confidence. Yeah, I'm confident enough to know now. But prior to Bumble, absolutely, I wouldn't have had the confidence. But I think that career transition and the success I had there is proof in itself that if we all applied for the roles that we were on paper qualified for, we'd be limiting ourselves to the success and opportunity that we could be taking. Mm. And I think that you've got to think a little bit outside the box in terms of what your skill set on paper actually is Mm. Um, because I think especially... In junior roles and entry-level roles, you're hired on potential, which I think we've also spoken about in the past, and I really do believe organisational fit is more important than skill set. I think you need to have some technical skills there and obviously this doesn't apply for For doctors (laughs) (laughs) and lawyers you know and things where there are there's legislation in place that you need to be aware of and Mm. those kinds of things so I do think if you've got some of the skills and you're passionate about it Mm. and you align to an organization organization's values then there's no I don't see a reason for why you couldn't be putting yourself forward for those kinds of jobs.
0: Totally.
1: Why do you think women feel more uncomfortable about owning their own success?
2: Oh, I was gonna say smarter, but <laughs> I think <laughs> I think women are we I, I think we do tend to think about things quite literally, do you know what I mean? So like when we're looking at a role and we might not think we're qualified for it, I think it's because we are probably more self-aware and we are thinking about really nailing every single dot point on the list Mm -hmm. of skills that they're looking for Mm -hmm. but I think it is okay to not have a few of them Um, and I think that men are often celebrated for that kind of Mm. risk-taking but women in the past,
0: traditionally
2: maybe not so, times have definitely changed. I don't think that's the case today. And I think that, you know, the women above us in organisations and the women that have come before us have done a lot of work. So so the nature of the workforce is definitely changing. Um, but I do think that perhaps women haven't been as risk averse as men. Yep.
0: Yeah, yeah totally.
1: And I think it's harder for women as well with being liked, because I think that we kind of believe, or we've—I don't know—society's made us believe because of the language used to describe women who do strive for success. You know, if you speak up a lot at work, often people would call you as bossy, or you know, you're hard work, or you talk too much. Um, whereas with men, that's not necessarily the language—necessarily the language—that's used. Mm. And so, I think it's so important um, for women to to know that you know, being successful is not does not mean that you're not going to be liked. Mm. Yeah, but sometimes. I think we we believe that it's you know correlated directly but it's actually not
2: Mm. I think also fear of failure Mm. it does play a part in why you may not go for a role that you don't feel like you tick every box Mm. for Um, and I think a lot of people would deal with fear of failure and rejection but I think that Yeah, you you shouldn't let the fear of failure hold you back from doing something, you know? Like, it's Mm. so much better to try and fail than to have not tried at all. Like, I really don't fear rejection all that much. I do have a bit of a fear of failure, but I'm also so aware that the only person that impacts is me. Yeah. So I don't really care about it that much because the only person I'm letting down is myself and the own expectations I hold on myself. Like, we're, we're so... I think everyone feels like everyone cares so much about what they're doing. Going back to growing that confidence, I suppose, in those who
0: might be applying for a job, um, do you have any tips for those out there um, when it comes to writing resumes or going into an interview, um, getting them prepped for that?
2: Yeah, I think that preparation is honestly key Mm. for interviews. Uh, my biggest tip would be you just have to have a list of examples running in the back of your head, Mm. examples of work that you've done or experience that you have that you can tie into every response that you give. And those examples don't need to be in a seriously huge corporate-type role. Um, Like I worked in retail for five years, so you can really inflate your experience and tailor it to the kind of role that you're interviewing for so i would always say to have loads of examples ready and really an interview is a time to you're promoting yourself mm. you know you've Show got to advocate and, for yourself yeah. and, and always have questions totally at the at the end of an interview they always say yes. do you have any questions yeah. and you always should have questions yeah. so just have a couple in the back of your mind um ready to mm. give at the end like mm. If you're going for a contract role or a casual role, Ask something at the end, like, is there opportunity? Like, what do you see the potential for this contract role to transition into a full-time role? Mm-hmm. You know, like, what structurally is going on in the organisation that may allow me to be here for longer? Like, yeah. you're so keen, you love that company and you want to stay forever.
1: I always thought asking questions was annoying because, no, you know, so they didn't good. have time. And I thought that it was almost a disrespectful part of their time because it meant that I hadn't but done enough research. Done it, Ask yeah. them but why, why
2: the they opposite. love it. Just be like, why do you love working yeah, here? Yeah. You know, just something that shows that you're really... Really engage. and yes. engaged. Yes. Yep.
0: And I loved what you said about you know not fearing to be too boastful or anything like that because I suppose if you've got all these skill sets or confidence and everything and you kind of sit back in an interview and hide a lot of that you know the person interviewing you has never worked with you before they've never met you before most of the time so how are they ever going to know those things so yeah yeah. Mm.
2: and if you have never had a job like it before and you are really putting yourself forward Mm. talk about what you'd want to do in that role Mm. and just like create it for yourself Mm. because so many roles at the moment and new roles that haven't existed before or if you are a younger person you will be going into an entry-level role and they really want to see that kind of innovation and how you take that role and make it your own Mm.
0: and what about resumes so before you even get to the interview process um what do you think about like the main things people need to make sure they include and maybe things that like you've seen people include in the past that aren't necessarily Mm. they don't really need to be there or Mm. is there more important things
2: so I used to do the grad recruitment when I worked at City, and I would look at about 2,000 CVs mm-hmm. and it was like obviously a very, very quick thing. So it really is about making your resume stand out and I think it does definitely depend on what company you're applying for. I really don't think you need to put a photo on a resume. I feel like that's a really outdated thing to do, to be honest. So I would never put a photo on a resume. I think it does not matter. Um, And it's not something that recruiters are looking at at all. It's so funny. Um, That
0: takes me back to the day that I applied for a job at Supre. That was something that you had to put in the application.
2: See, that is just (laughs) concerning to me. So bad. So bad.
0: Yeah. That was like. Well God, 15 years ago. Yes,
2: times have changed. We were
0: told back
1: then when when applying for part-time work to put a photo on the resume, which is
2: just crazy. But I think the statistic is that on average a a resume will be looked at for seven seconds. So I would say don't put a a photo on it. And if you are applying for a corporate organisation – no one needs to know what your design skills are. Yeah. So don't make your CV this overly creative, yeah, colourful so thing. There, I would yeah. say just do not use colours yeah. at all, only black and white. However, that obviously changes if you are going for a role in a design type function, where it probably is important for you to make sure your CV is displayed in a really creative mm. manner. Mm-hmm. But for other roles, I would suggest only black and white, no creative elements at all. And just make sure it is super clear what you're trying to highlight.
0: Yeah. And then what about a letter?
2: Cover letters.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, I really hate to say it, but I never used to read (laughs) cover letters. Um, Do you think it depends on the job? It it does. And a cover letter really helps when you come into more of a competitive round. So if, say, there's like five... Resumes there and you're finding it really hard to choose then a cover letter is mm. the kind of thing that can make someone stand okay. out yep. but the worst thing I've seen is a lot of people when they're going for grad roles um and I'm sure all of you out there are like eek I do this you just copy and paste the same
1: yeah and I think also on that um it's important to remember that you're giving, you're expecting someone else's time, I suppose, to read the cover letter Mm. or the resume. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important to, you know, applying for jobs is really hard because you you might be knocked out, knocked back so many times before you get it, but just make sure
0: that you're showing that respect. Well. Thank you for all your tips and tricks. (laughs) Thank you. Um, We are super happy to have you a part of the team and you've taught us a lot as well um, since you've joined, so can't thank you enough. And, guys, thank you for sending in your questions. We hope these answer them. So we hope you guys enjoyed that chat. Steph, what did you think? Oh, I loved it. It was. I mean, like, it's funny because we've had a lot of these discussions with Mish um, before, but... I loved a lot of the advice that she gave us. Um, I think what I really liked at the towards the start of the conversation when we were talking about not always knowing what you want to do and kind of taking that pressure off yourself, I think when, when I was going through VC, um, I remember that pressure in school. Um, everyone's asking like, what mm. are you going to do? What, um, what, do you, what uni are you going to? What course are you going to pick? For me, I suppose I was lucky that I didn't have that added pressure from my parents because I know a lot of people do. Mm. Um, you know, my parents always gave me the message as long as you, whatever you get into, it's something that makes you happy or you enjoy, then we'll support it. Um, But for me, other than like in the back of my mind, liking the idea of modeling, because I did a little bit as a kid and it was always a dream, I had no idea what I wanted to do and that was half the reason that I took a gap year and I didn't go to uni and I actually ended up not going to uni at all but I my plan was to go to uni or TAFE I just had no idea in my gap year was kind of where I got into modelling and where I found experience with working with different people and that idea of maybe running my own thing or doing my own thing and being my own boss one day kind of came up before that before experiencing that I had no idea or no interest really in running a business one day or anything like that. And I was I was exactly the same. I kind of was under the impression that
1: I know people still said, oh, you're going to change careers. Mm. But in my mind, mm. just because of the way I am, I don't like wasting time. And so yeah. in my mind, I thought to myself, I need to work out exactly what I want to do mm. right now, mm-hmm. because I can't imagine going through uni and mm-hmm. then starting a job and not You know, it being being wasteful because, you know, then moving and having to start again and whatever I decided right now was I had to know, I had to Mm. know right now Mm. and I had to like have this career path (laughs) and I was going to move from here to here to here to here all in the same kind of career. But that's obviously not, not the way that it is. So yeah, definitely take that pressure off you. Um, It's so important. And I think the, the thing I love the most um, from what Mish said was just focusing on um, self-doubt or mm. and not letting it affect um, what you apply for totally. and your self-belief in, in your capabilities yeah, because absolutely. we so often, as we spoke about, we so often play down um you know, what we can do and we also don't believe in ourselves. Like if I see something, oh, I can't do that, I'll be like, oh, I'm not going to apply because, you know, I could never do that. But starting a new job even when you're fully qualified is hard. Mm. For the first two weeks you you feel like you're drowning but then you learn and then it works out
0: yeah totally and I think like with that back on that confidence in applying for jobs you may not necessarily have you know on paper the experience um I think as people who have gone through you know hiring people for our own team um it's definitely to Misha's point um it does actually appeal to businesses hiring Mm. you don't have to be 100% qualified. Um they kind of want to be able to mold you. It's like if Mish came over to kick from Bumble and was so set in every way that she was with them and just kind of came to work with our team and was like, "Nope, this is how we did everything, so we have to do everything like this." Like which she obviously hasn't done because there obviously there's things that she has implemented that have mm. helped us so much w- within the structure of our business, but there's also she understands that she's working with a brand new team now and be growing confidence without having to tick every box is really important.
1: Mm, yeah. Totally. Mm. Well, thanks, guys. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Yes, we will be back next week. I don't know what's going to be happening in the world, but (laughs) But we'll be back. We we can definitely do podcasts over the phone and we think it's a really nice avenue to be able to connect with you guys and also just give us something else to focus on. Um, other than everything that's happening right now. So we will continue to do this podcast. It might be a little bit different, but we will be back next week for sure. Um, If you do want to sign up and try the program, we do have the seven-day free trial. Um, If you go to www.keepitcleaner.com.au, you can find the program there or search Keep It Cleaner on the App Store.
0: Yeah, and with our uh, free workouts again, guys, um, so they've been running on Wednesdays and Fridays. We've got obviously today, because this is coming out on a Wednesday, we would have had one. If you missed it, don't stress. And then Friday at 7 a.m., we will be going live again on Insta and Facebook. So feel free to join. You don't have to be a subscriber to join that. Um, And yeah, hope you guys are all staying well and staying
2: safe. And um, have a great day.